this is the real deal this time okay uh, great take two, we had a couple just like the platypus yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like the platypus you guys lots going on for us right now uh really nothing but a lot also at the same time i've been having all these kerfuffles I had my headphones on the wrong ear didn't even have headphones at the beginning and all of it was just a recording mess and um before that, it was probably because I was distracted because we found a, oh my god, Julia, that's a six-year-old video. <laughs> yeah, and it's like a 20-year-old presentation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair. Fair point. Um, yeah, we found a video on my Instagram of Julia's, what, fifth grade? Did you say fifth grade? Yeah, I think it was a fifth grade project. On, what is it on? Um, the feeding habits of the platypus. <laughs> oh, it's just so good. I just reposted it to my Insta stories. I know this is maybe not going to come out. It'll be 24 hours later. Um, but, oh man, oh man. If you want a good old deep dive into my Instagram, it's way back there in 2015. <laughs> it is back there. It's also maybe <laughs> in the back of a closet that I can dig around and pull Ooh. out when I go home next. You better hope mom didn't throw that shit away. Yeah, she probably definitely threw it away. <laughs> that would be my guess. <laughs> yeah, but we'll see. I would find that highly enjoyable. Also, fun fact, that wasn't even for a grade that like wasn't a school project. <laughs> I thought I remember you saying that at the time, too. That like kind of makes sense. Yeah, it was like, I mean, it was for like a fair kind of um it was for one of those like special smart kid programs that like no one got grades for but they pulled you out of class once a week to like do random things and one of them was making a presentation on platypuses platypi Hmm. you would know (laughs) i don't know (laughs) you should know i should know fifth grade me probably (laughs) knew did she (laughs) maybe (laughs) oh man basically the video is just us being drunk at like in our family kitchen and making julia attempt to do this presentation (laughs) as like you know from like six years ago so like a 26 year old and embarrassed drunk person (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it's pretty great it's one of those videos you kind of can't stop watching oh man it's it's pretty good well all that said, welcome to Paranormal Captivity. Uh, we are your cozy mystery fix. We are your cozy mystery hosts. We are here to... Well, actually, I shouldn't harp too much on cozy mystery because today we actually didn't read a cozy mystery. <laughs> yeah, it's cozy, but it's definitely not a mystery. Although there mm. is a lot of drama, so... That's true. I mean, still not still not a mystery, but it's good. You are right. <laughs> it, I enjoyed it. It is good. 
And it is very cozy. It's and cozy. we're really excited. Yeah. So, guys, today we read The Trouble with Tabbies by A.J. Henley. And this is, as self-proclaimed on the book cover, a love and pets romantic comedy. Yeah, I think that's the the title of the series because there's like seven books, I think, in the Love and Pets comedy series. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. And I actually have a second one. Shout out to my friend Cricket who gave me two of the cat-themed books in the series. So apparently there are many others. Oh, yeah, seven. Yeah, as you said, um, mm-hmm. seven. And more of them are about dogs than cats. But I think these two are the ones that Cricket found that were about cats. So she gave those to me and for Christmas, which was really sweet. And um, yeah, then we decided to do to read this one for you guys in the month of love. In the month of love. Yeah, and I, so I don't know if you picked up on this at all. I powered through the whole book, so I, like, kind of picked up on it at the beginning. But you really, it's it's confirmed at the end. Mm. Um, this is not a spoiler. But uh, I think all the books in the series are actually about different characters. It's, like, the same town, but oh. each book is about a different couple. So the first book is like something about pugs. And I don't know if you caught it at the <gasps> very beginning when we hear yes. about the, the vet and his girlfriend. I think they were probably mm. the first couple in the first book. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they talked about how their pugs are in love. Wait, mm-hmm. I loved that. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. So at the very end, you actually get introduced to the character, like, very briefly in, like, a page. You get introduced to the next characters in the next <gasps> book. Cool. Oh, my God. I love that. Yeah. So you don't actually wow. have to read all of them in order. Wow. Yeah, that is a really cool, a really cool way to kind of set up a book series. Um, Yeah, like Julia said, this one is like really, it starts out like a little bit slow, but it's really like once you get into it, like the romance is really there. The like interest is really there. I wouldn't quite say intrigue, but it really does like pull you along. Yeah. And also in the, again, not to give any spoilers, but the second half of the book is full of drama. So just Mm. wait. (laughs) My gosh. Yeah, don't. Don't don't take us too far. I haven't I've only read through I read up to chapter 22, I think. Mm, okay. Yeah, I think we're going to go up to chapter 20 cuz that's like the halfway point. Okay, so, cool. We'll we'll give you the inside scoop on the first half and then save the rest for next time. Yeah, yeah, we figured we'd do this one in two parts just cuz it's a little bit shorter of a book and a little little easier to fly through. So, um yeah, we're excited to get to that. Before we get into the book, I do have a quick shout out. Um, we have a new patron on the <gasps> per team. Oh, woo, per team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah per team. Um, I'm so excited because guess what? What? We have a veterinarian in our midst ah, now. A veterinarian? Yeah. She says, um, so this is Mary. She says that she uses she, her pronouns. Um, she is a vet and she has a wonderful menagerie of pets, including five cats, Ooh. a bunny, goldfish, turtles, tortoise, a couple snakes, leopard gecko, which is super cool, beetles, a couple tarantulas, and a hissing cockroach. Oh, wow. Man. Yeah. Like a whole 
pet store themed zoo. Oh, she did say at the bottom here, <laughs> she said to make make this simple. I'm so sorry, Mary, I did not make it simple. <laughs> <laughs> so make it simple, you can shout out my five cats. Oh, I remember being so in love with these names. Luna, Sawin, which is the, um, I need to look at, look it up, um, but it's like the, it's like a, like a Wiccan, I think, okay. um, holiday. I, I was gonna guess Lord of the Rings, but yes. <laughs> uh, not quite. Not quite. But <laughs> it is spelled differently than it's pronounced. Mm, so okay. I saw that and I was like, oh yes, I, I know that that's like you know, pronounced differently, but that's so sweet. One of her cats is named Sawin. Sergeant Pepper, Manny, and Billy Joe. Aww. And her one bunny is named Kirby, which is oh, also just the sweetest. Cute. Love it. You know, I've yeah. been thinking about getting Chunia bunny. I think this proves <gasps> that cats and bunnies can get along. Oh, I definitely think cats and bunnies can get along. I mean, I feel like bunnies are like, I mean, it's weird that we don't like I mean, maybe they're just not as naturally, like, litter trainable as cats are. But, like, it's weird that they're not more household pets than they are. I wonder if that, yeah, maybe it is just the pooping issue because their poops are everywhere. <laughs> their poops are maybe everywhere. I think they're definitely litter trainable, though. I feel like I've seen hmm. bunnies that are litter trained. They, like, I feel like they're clean. Oh, yeah, I definitely think they're clean. But I feel like they just have those little, like pellet poops little, that little just pellet go everywhere <laughs> they don't get they don't get caught in those scoopers you can't scoop the litter with the pellet poops <laughs> oh no what are you gonna do what do you do i don't know i don't know maybe change the litter more often <laughs> like it well, when should we... be doing anyway i mean honestly true um when we had bunnies we had bunnies when we were growing up and when mm-hmm. we had them we had them in like a hutch outside, so all of their their poops fell through the bottom of the um the little hutch. Oh, is that how it worked? I can't remember how the yeah, I remember that that hutch. That was like a sweet setup and they had like a little pen in the back in the forest that we could let them out and like yeah. run around in. Yeah, they had a really sweet life. Yeah. They had like these like elevated hutches that were like it was like this really I mean, wire is the wrong term because it had this like flooring but that was like cross hatched, so most of their poops fell through to the ground, so they wouldn't like stay in them. And then they had these like long little like running. It was almost like they had like little hallways to themselves. And then yeah, in the back we had like a little little uh, little bunny patio for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, oh, those the, were some cute buns. The the pets of the past. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of pets of the current, um, maybe we should get into trouble with tabbies, shall we? Yes, yes, absolutely. And speaking of a menagerie of pets. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I was telling Julia earlier, I was like, I will say this again verbatim on the show. This book makes up for every single, like, I feel like over the course of this podcast, there have been a couple, I mean, I feel like a lot. Once we venture outside of the cat who, it's like, you know, we don't always know how many cats we're going to get. We don't always know if they're going to be actual characters or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, this book makes up for all of them. Every single book that's like, oh, there was like one cat that walked into one scene and like, maybe we'll see it again. It's like, this book is like, did you want every single cat in this entire world? Yeah, this, <laughs> because... this book is like thoroughly about cats and like full of cats. And even in scenes where cats are not present the main character is decked out in cat gear 
Yes. I love it. Or talking about her cats. (laughs) (laughs) They are ever present. They're even like an issue in her family. Like they're even like a topic brought up as like a thing that makes her like more of a a black sheep or a black cat, if you will, of her family. (laughs) 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 So yeah, so maybe we should start. Well, okay. Sorry. I also have to rant really quickly about how this book takes place, I think, and if it if all the books take place in the same place, this series takes place in my favorite place on this fucking planet, Boulder, Colorado. And it starts out, the actual first scene in this book is in Evergreen, Colorado, um, because she's at a, uh, a cat adoption and rescue event that's, like, not in her, her hometown or her the town she lives in. Um, but Evergreen is, like, right outside... It's like right at the bottom of um, the the mountain you go up to to where I lived in Colorado. So I was like, "Whoa, this is like a little throwback." Yeah, throwback to my time in Colorado. Nice. Yeah, and I have to admit, after reading this book, I was like, "Maybe I want to move to Colorado." <laughs> oh, I a hundred percent was like packing my shit and was like, "Yeah, I, I'm going back. Take me back. Take me back." Like, this sounds great. <laughs> sounds so beautiful, mm-hmm. so picturesque, and this guy's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's true true hot like anim- like a wildlife <laughs> photographer lives there like you know um yeah and boulder oh my god boulder in and of itself is so it's just so gorgeous it's so beautiful like like just everywhere and it has such a cool vibe like it's just such a great it's just such a great place i just love it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and also in boulder or right outside of boulder is my favorite factory to tour <gasps> Celestial Seasonings? Celestial Seasonings. <laughs> oh, that is a fucking great tour. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Do that free. tour if you can. Was it free? Oh my god, it's, I didn't even remember that. It's free. All you do is you go in and you say you want the tour and they give you a pack of tea as your ticket. Oh, <laughs> oh my like, god, I forgot about that. It's like they, they pay you in tea to take the tour. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Had, for the longest time, I had the best... Um, mug that I got from that tour and sadly it cracked at one point so I think it's gone Uh, but it was such a good hefty mug and like that tour is so great yeah mm -hmm, I currently mm -hmm. have I I am a loyal celestial seasonings fan I currently have like at least three packs of celestial seasonings right now I have far too many I have at least 10 (laughs) (laughs) you're like that scene in uh Scott Pilgrim where she's like where Ramona is like He's like, isn't it just tea? And she like lists like eleven different tea, probably more actually. She probably lists like twenty five teas. And he's like, um, I'll have what you're having. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have. Uh, my kitchen is like super tiny, and I don't have a lot of cabinet space, so I have a bookshelf to hold like all of my extra stuff, and an entire shelf in the bookshelf is just boxes of tea. <laughs> my God, love it. If you were, if you had said under like five, I would have had us like list the flavors, but like at ten. No, we're just, no. we're just assuming they're all there. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're pretty much all there. I mean, I can go down and list them. I think I might be missing like a few, but they're definitely like triple stacked. So I'm not going to put you through that. <laughs> <laughs> triple stacks. Oh, love it. Yeah, guys, if you get a chance to do that, that tour is phenomenal. Um, but yeah, going back to our, so our main character, her name is Beatrix. Beatrix, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But short, B for short. Um, she... We get a little bit more of a physical description of her once the perspective changes, which I know through Julia Furloop. <laughs> we'll talk about that. It really did. I was like, wait. 
Yeah. It's because it's suddenly like, it... sounding so different. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's like it comes at a weird time. Like we've been with B for three chapters in first person with B, and then I think it's what chapter four that flips to Sebastian. Mm-hmm. And so, but the ti- Julia, I meant to give you shit about this. The titles, the chapters are titled with which character yeah, it is. <laughs> I realize that. You think I read chapter titles? <laughs> I mean, it's the most bold, big word on the page. <laughs> yeah, but it's also the most pointless word on the page. I mean, not in this case. <laughs> but it doesn't I mean, mean like it's really any... not in this case. <laughs> normally it doesn't give you any extra information it's just like and also you should know this i don't even read names in books so why am i gonna read a chapter title that's literally just a name i guess that's probably the more uh prescient point here (laughs) is that not that it's a chapter title but that it's a name it's a name um also maybe we were just getting introduced to sebastian i don't know i can't remember the titles of the last three chapters you know they were all b (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's the same thing, too. Like, that, wouldn't that have tipped you off? No. Okay. No. <laughs> no. I mean, maybe if they had put in the title, like, change of perspective, colon, Sebastian, to... then I would have caught it, but... No, that's too much. That's too obvious. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it is too obvious, <laughs> but obviously I needed that. <laughs> <laughs> because it took me a whole chapter. <laughs> I got to the end of the chapter and was like, oh, I think this is a different person. <laughs> I you know, had to reread will... that whole chapter. <laughs> yeah, I will say that later it does start flipping back and forth like so fast. And like a lot of the chapters are really short. So like when it does some of those faster flips, there there were a couple chapters that I read. And then at one point was like, oh, Shit, I was still, I thought this was still B and now we're with Sebastian or, you know, flip-flopped kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. it also, when when you get, like, a little bit farther in, it's a little bit more irregular, too. Like, sometimes it flips every chapter, but then sometimes it's, like, two or three chapters. I feel like you could probably just, like, make those longer chapters so it was every other chapter, you know? Well, but I think what it is, like, I think it's not necessarily going as much by like a regular pattern as it's going by the plot and like I do actually really like the way it doesn't bother me so much that they're irregular because a lot of the flips happen like when something like really romantic is happening which is really fun so then you get to see it twice almost it's almost kind of genius of like you know there's a you know a hand touch or like something that like you know B will be like oh my gosh I I can't I just felt such a, you know, so much emotion and like a jolt of electricity. Like, there's no way he felt that too. And then you go to Sebastian and he's like, whoa, hey, I'm really into her kind of thing. And like, yeah. you know, so that's been kind of cool to see. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it is fun to get both perspectives. I'm not like hating on the style. I just, it threw me for a loop. <laughs> Had to get used to it. <laughs> We're mostly hating on your uh, your uh, reading style. <laughs> My reading style, for sure. Also, I don't know. So the only other time I've ever read a book, and you're going to hate me bringing this up, the only Uh-oh. other time I've read a book where there's like an abrupt change of perspective like that is uh, the Twilight series. <laughs> oh, LOL. I was thinking of, um, and this, I was like, oh, if she brings this up, I'll actually be excited, was Gone Girl. That was like a really... Oh, no, I don't read real books, you know that. Yeah, I didn't I read think trash. you did. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Oh my god, I didn't really know Twilight Ch- Twilight changes perspective? 
Yeah, Twilight Changes Perspective, it's like the same perspective like all the way through all of the books and then in one of them at the very end it changes perspective because uh what's her name turns into a vampire and so she like is kind of out of <laughs> down for the count for a Whoa, while uh, spoiler alert jeez oh, julia no, no, don't, no one <laughs> read the, these books <laughs> i'm sad that i did myself but you know <laughs> It was a part of the times. Um, but actually, now that I'm thinking about it, um, Divergent also did the same thing at the very end. It was oh. like at the very end. It was like the same oh, all the yeah. way through, and then at the very end, it changed perspectives. It went to Four's perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I do kind of remember that. Those books were great. I really liked those. Yeah, I liked those, too. Hmm. All right. Well, anyway, those are some wrecks and non-wrecks from us of other perspective change (laughs) books um but yeah so this book starts we start in b's perspective um her first first person point of view and she is at a cat adoption oh excuse me sorry i'm drinking champagne it's very bubbly oh (laughs) fancy I know, I've decided that there's no need for me to have any sort of celebration to have $6 champagne from Trader Joe's. Oh, that's a good point. And actually, I have another bottle of champagne downstairs from my birthday, so one of these days I will also be drinking champagne for no reason at all. (laughs) Listen, I just love, I just love anything carbonated, and so when I, Mm -hmm. I just want to drink some bubbly alcohol, and I don't want beer because it's so heavy, so like... I just have really fallen into, like, a, a full-on, like, I like champagne, so sue me. <laughs> so sue me, yeah, everyone. You know what? I feel that. And also, on my birthday, I mean, the tradition stands that I drink mimosas all day long. But I hadn't had a mimosa in probably, like, a year and a half. And I took that first sip and was like, oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to be drinking mimosas for the rest of my life now. This is so good. Oh, my God. You got brought back to, like... A pre-pandemic brunch because none yeah. of us had like a pa- you know it's like been we the pandemic had, for a year no, so no bottomless no bottomless brunches oh god we need to have like you know what we should do we should have like a belated birthday for you we should have like a little joint I, we kind of talked about this at one point we should have like a little joint birthday celebration and we could have a quarantine uh, brunch bottomless mimosa birthday bash for both of us yes. Well, we can uh, plan that out next year and meet New Orleans because those oh. are the best bottomless brunches. <laughs> okay, yeah, that sounds great. On the plane there. Yeah, great. See okay. ya there. Perfect. Okay. I know like 10 spots. Probably more than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, now that we've gotten wildly off topic again. Yeah. Um, cat adoption event. Actually, it was at a brewery, which is really fun. Um, and also very Colorado. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so she's at this event not you know it is kind of fun because like not you get to you right you get to meet a lot of people but like not a ton happens except she does adopt another cat um or at least fosters another cat so there's this like adorable little kitten there that um is sick and so well actually i guess maybe going back a little bit so she walks in with her cat she brings her cat so she has one mm-hmm. favorite emotional support cat, um, Fluffernutter, who is a tuxedo <laughs> cat. And so Fluffernutter has come with her. So she's got Fluff in the in the cat carrier. She walks in, she meets her friend, 
who is the executive director of this cat rescue that actually becomes kind of an important part, at least of the like plot, her like reason for needing to go back home and all this drama is about to start. Um, so she meets the executive director. They kind of talk about how she, so it kind of comes up that, that B apparently has a decent amount of money. It sounds like, so she has helped put on this, uh, cat rescue organization or cat rescue, uh, day. And she has also promised this cat rescue organization that she will help fund their like big, uh, building their big new, like physical project Mm -hmm. and she you can kind of tell something's up with it and you're not really sure and then we get this like introduction to this tiny adorable kitten who is barfing a bunch (laughs) 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 poor little kitten and uh so b takes the kitten out to the mobile vet carrier who is who julia who is Dr. Travis. Did I get that right? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, sorry. Yes, you're waiting for confirmation. Yes, I was Travis. waiting for com- confirmation. Yes. So Dr. Travis, who I think is, if I am correct, the main character in the first book. Yeah, and it makes sense now because his technician, Amelia, is also there in this like mobile vet place. And B kind of is narrating in her first person point of view and she's like wow like their love story is just so sweet like i wish i had something like that and then amelia mentions like how her pugs are in love their pugs are in love um Mm -hmm. and it's been a year since they got together and so you're right that's like such a sweet like callback if they if they are the other characters it makes so much sense that like you get little hints here and there of the other books yeah and it also uh she kind of has a a kind of throwback remembrance of uh when they had come to her house because we we learn in a little while she has like a million cats (laughs) like just so many cats um and so she has her vet come out once a year to do just like mass vaccinations and so when (laughs) we meet travis and amelia she kind of remembers back to when they came to her house uh the year before when amelia was new to do those vaccinations so i'm guessing that's probably in the first book (gasps) where we met b the first time unfortunately we didn't read the first book but i'm guessing that's where we (laughs) met her or would have met her (laughs) that's such a good point and like you're right like if you're saying that they introduce the next character or at least a different character in a different book. Like that's such mm-hmm. a perfect way to do it of like, she was one of the, like the events that brought them together because she's kind of like in her head, like, Oh yeah, it's always a harrowing fucking day for the vets to come out and do this because she has literally, she does. She literally has not counted in a while. How many cats she has. It's over <laughs> 20. It's like so, so many, many cats. cats, but her favorite is Fluffernutter, and the one she's, like, kind of eyeing the most now is, um... Oh, no, what's the kitten's name? I forget. Ever. Ever. That's right, Ever. Um, so that's really sweet. And then also, Travis and Amelia become kind of a sounding board, and we find out a little bit more about the plot and the back... Well, the plot to come, and, uh, um, Bee's backstory, because she has also just gotten an email from her sister, Aggie, who hates to be called Aggie, that her dad's 80th birthday, right, mm-hmm. is coming up and she is demanded. It's like a full-on request. It's not like a, hey, fun, dad's birthday. It's like you are requi- your presence is required at this event. 
And it turns out she's also been telling her family that she has a boyfriend for the last, what, year, two years or yeah, so? however many years. <laughs> yeah, like year, like long time, long, long time. Um, and very much does not. And so it's actually Amelia. Oh, and the family is like, bring your fucking boyfriend because we haven't met him in literal years. And uh, it's actually Amelia who comes up with the eventual plan that we get to, which is, oh, I've seen some movies where people hire people online to play a boyfriend or fiance when they need a date. And everyone's like, that's a terrible idea. And then, of course, B definitely does it. <laughs> yeah. And so I don't think we explained why she needed to do this. So her, it turns out mm. her family is that she's like well off on her own because she's actually an author. She writes romance novels. And so she has, you know, made a really good living for herself, um, you know, selling her books and getting published. But she doesn't have enough to fund the uh, cat facility yet that she promised to donate mm. to. And so that money she's expecting to get from her inheritance, which her father will apparently not give her until she is settled down and married. So she's hoping that she can trick them into believing that she has a fiance during the mm-hmm. 80th uh, birthday party bash at home so that she will officially get her inheritance and be able to fund her, her passion project her cat facility. Yeah. And it kind of comes up to that. Like her dad is kind of a dick because he Mm -hmm. like, he's like super traditional and like super like a bully about it. And uh, she also does bring up that like, she's, she's the youngest, right? She's the, I think so. yeah, Yeah. I think she's the youngest and it comes up that she was like, yeah, like the rule is that you're either married or you're, you, when you turn, I think it's like 28 or something. Um, whichever comes first, you get your inheritance. And she was like, but I turned 28 like two years ago and there was no, there's been no mention of the inheritance since then. So it definitely has a tinge of like, you know, A, she doesn't want this money for herself. She wants it for the cat rescue. Mm-hmm. And B, it's like, it also is like truly patriarchal and unfair of like, you do not need to be married to mm-hmm. have yeah yeah and it it also i mean i think they make it very clear at the beginning of the book that she doesn't need the money like this isn't for her like she's living perfectly fine on her own she's happy with her cats she makes like plenty to live off of on like her own with her own career and on her own merit so this is like purely to fund the 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 cat hospital or the cat rescue facility which apparently is i feel like in our family if we had inheritance and we went to Mm -hmm. our parents and like yeah take it all (laughs) but apparently (laughs) this is not a good enough reason for her dad to give her her inheritance he doesn't care about her passion projects and doesn't like cats right yeah it's like very yeah because i think travis even says that like oh just tell your dad what you want it for like i'm sure he'll give it to you and she's like i'm sure he fucking won't because Apparently, that's just another thing that sets her apart from her family because her family is, like... And actually, so having lived in Colorado, like, I totally know this, like, the areas they were mentioning. So, like, I mean, obviously Boulder, I love. Evergreen, like, totally, like, great little town. Um, So she is from Aspen, which I feel like even if you're not from Colorado, you know is, like, whoa, the the she-she place to Mm -hmm. be, like... 
they even mention later, um, Sebastian later mentions, like, I've been to Aspen a few times, but, like, never to ski because it's so fucking expensive. And, like, there are so many other resorts around that you can get, like, a pass to. And, like, why would you even go to Aspen when, like, they're just, it's so expensive. So her family lives in Aspen. They are all still there, even some of her, like, cooler uh, siblings, which we'll get into. But, yeah, everyone still lives in Aspen, and she lives i mean it's like three-ish hours i think from boulder to aspen so it's like not that far of a drive but they there's some clearly some like contention that she doesn't live there too and also yeah sorry going back to the whole um cat thing too that her dad clearly sees that as another way that she's just like very different from them mm-hmm mm-hmm also, her mom's no longer in the picture. Apparently, her mom was not a dick and probably would have <laughs> supported her. But True. unfortunately, the the mother has, has passed on at this point, which only makes the, the dad, I think, a little bit more of a dick. Yeah, definitely. We find that out at, um, at different points. Yeah, a little more about her mom. But yeah, how did her... Her mom sounds great. Like, it's one of those things of like, how did her mom end up with her? Her dad sounds like <laughs> a full dick. Um <laughs> but anyway, we'll get into that too. So the summons comes. Amelia says she should hire someone. And then the next couple scenes we get, not a ton happens, but we do get kind of a snapshot of Bee's house mm-hmm. filled with fucking cats. We get a snapshot into her writer's block. Mm-hmm. She is also currently struggling to write her next romance. Um, we get a little snapshot. I keep saying snapshot. We <laughs> get another little like glimpse into uh, a scene she's writing for a Western romance. And she just can't seem to finish the scene. And so she's kind of like putzing around and like feeding cats and feeding herself. And then um, I think it's in that scene that she's like, all right, let's fucking do this. And just instead of writing her scene, I feel like it was one of those funny like, she obviously needed a solution to this problem, but it also felt very procrastination mm-hmm. decision, too, where she was like, all right, I mean, I could do this instead of right right now. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely, I feel like I hardcore relate to this character on, like, a lot of different levels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, definitely mm-hmm. don't like being around people, socially anxious, like, would mm-hmm. prefer to be in a room with 20 cats, you know, procrastinate yeah. all of my projects and then don't yeah. do something until I get super desperate and then I don't think about it and I'm just like fucking do it and then uh-huh. like immediately regret all of my decisions but I feel like that's what she <laughs> she does she's like kind of putting off writing her book but then also putting off dealing with this problem and then she like gets to a point where she like can't handle either of them and so she's just like just fucking post it on Craigslist I could do it fine you know like and then hit yeah. send and is immediately like oh god <laughs> yeah yeah, exactly. No, I agree. I think they do a really, this author does a really good job of um, uh, portraying anxiety because she has like very clear diagnosable anxiety. And um, yeah, it's just like really like present and like easy to discern discern and like relate to in the way that it's written, mm-hmm. which I really enjoy. And you can even see it differently, like the way that you can see her it like within her own monologue, like inner monologue. And then you see it also from Sebastian's point of view, too, Um, which 
we as soon as we see her post on ebay or ebay <laughs> <laughs> lol on um <laughs> craigslist i literally just bought some stuff on ebay so i like have ebay on the brain right now <laughs> nice <laughs> oh god i'm so obsessed with ebay right now um as soon as she posts on craigslist uh we switch that's when we switch first to sebastian's point of view and sort of get the background on why he does eventually answer her ad yeah so this is the point where i thought we were just learning some new things about b (laughs) 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 but uh yeah so we (laughs) chapter four switch over to sebastian And B mm-hmm. B is not a wildlife photographer and does not have no. an ex-girlfriend or a shitty car and is not struggling financially. <laughs> that is all Sebastian. Correct. Correct. Yes. Um yeah, so we we see him uh kind of like on a mountaintop. Um so he's he's out in the wilderness. He's um you know, doing his wildlife photographer thing, uh which is hopefully going to be a profession for him eventually we find out that he's not a like super well established photographer like he's a very talented one but hasn't hasn't had a whole lot of luck in selling his photograph so he he has another job at a bar um local bar he also has a a shitty car that is Mm -hmm, constantly mm -hmm. breaking down so in this scene he's um i think taking pictures of like a coyote that he found and so he he goes to to get to his shift at the bar and his car won't start so you kind of see him you know calling his manager and having to struggle through the like yeah again sorry won't make it my shitty car like i don't have the money to fix her and it'll just be another time sorry yeah Um, so it sounds like he's been kind of kind of struggling a little for for a while um but yeah we get like a little bit of background in his inner monologue about an ex-girlfriend um and i don't think we learned too much else about him uh, but the the chapter ends with him checking craigslist and seeing b's post apparently it was a pretty mm-hmm. simple hiking partner wanted must love cats post um and so it it caught his eye and he was like yeah i like cats sure i like hiking you know like compensation Mm -hmm. urgent yeah i could use some urgent compensation (laughs) right now (laughs) for sure um Mm -hmm. so yeah he he responds and lucky us because he seems like a winner (laughs) he does seem like a winner yeah so we actually kind of fast forward a little bit to their meeting right like i don't Mm -hmm. think there's anything in between no yeah Um, just straight to their meeting yeah and it's a really i felt like that was another perfect shift because it was like he kind of casually is like yeah sure whatever like this seems like as good a thing to respond to as any and then it flashes to 100 percent something i would be doing it flashes to beatrix like huddled behind something like hiding out and like staking out the cafe that she has told him to meet her at and uh he's not there which is important because she, that another reason she probably hasn't gone in yet but yeah she's definitely like staking the place out and she's like too anxious to go in and is like just trying to sort out her like feelings before this you know kind of weird meeting that she has set up um 
And then she almost gets run over by a Tesla, which is also very <laughs> bolder because like a lot of rich people live there too. Um, but yeah, she she like steps, she finally like gathers the courage and she steps into the road to like walk across the street. And apparently this Tesla just comes like whipping around the corner. And who pulls her out of the road? Our knight in shining armor. <laughs> <laughs> Our knight in shining Bronco, broken down Bronco. <laughs> None other than Sebastian himself shows up right in the nick of time, of course. Which I also have to take a quick moment to shout out. The name Sebastian is so fucking hot. And I mean, I also might only think this because uh, (laughs) I've been so obsessed with playing Stardew Valley on (laughs) on my Switch. There is a character named Sebastian who is also so fucking hot, and I was obsessed with marrying him for the longest time. I've since divorced him, and I'm married oh. to Abby now. It's it's okay. it's a whole thing. It's fine, but um, he is just the greatest, and I just have to shout him out real quick. Sebastian from shout Stardew Valley. Sebastian, yeah, I have zero experiences with Sebastians other than the crab, so you can't. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> Can't speak to the hotness of the name, but he seems like a lovely person from the book. He does, yeah, because from the beginning, so, like, we get another perspective shift from from this point, too. So, like, she gets whooshed out out of the road, and she, I mean, aside from even just, like, being like, oh, my God, this person just saved my life, she's a little bit like, wow, also, like, through my trauma, I'm also feeling that, like, you've got kind of a nice bod. And, like, yeah. <laughs> feeling this some is... sexy abs here. Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling some vibes here. This is feeling good. And so, um, which also, I also like, too, she literally just, like, bursts into tears during this event, which I'm like, I would 100% have done that. Yeah, I would have just been so overwhelmed. very on point. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and then immediately shifts to him, where he's like, oh, my God, this girl just, like, almost fucking died. Like, oh, my God. And he's like, now she's, like, in my arms. And, like, you get a little bit from him of, like, wow, she's, like, really cute. And, like, kind of the be- <laughs> just, like, those beginnings on, like, both sides. I know. I loved that. It was like, man, that was wild. She almost died. Like, huh, actually. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, now that I'm, wait, now wow. That I, now that I take a gander. <laughs> now I'm extra glad she's alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's really sweet. And so then they go into this cafe, which is a cat cafe, which love also. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very fitting also. Yeah. Seems like yeah. B is a regular at this place. Yeah. Which I thought was really funny. I mean, it makes yeah. sense that if you're meeting a random stranger, you want to go somewhere where like people know you. <laughs> Honestly, really smart. Yeah. She makes a point to say like, yeah, the barista knew me. Um, and they do have some good, like, it's very awkward because she clearly has to confess, like, exactly what she meant and needs from mm-hmm. this ad. But um, we do also get some, like, some some things that seem like, I, you know, I don't read a lot of romance books, but a lot of things that seem like cues to a potential love interest in terms of, like, you know, she's watching him. Like, she she waves him off and is like, no, no, I, you know, I... I sent the post, like, I'm compensating you. So, like, I... Because there's, like, always an entry fee for um, cat cafes. And so she pays to get them in. And then he insists on paying for their coffees. And so she's like, okay, I kind of like that. Like, that's kind of nice. And then they kind of launch into the whole... uh, The whole reason for for the meeting. Yeah. And it was funny because through the... I mean, when she's explaining it, you can... you, You get both perspectives... 
Um, and I think actually while she's explaining it, you're getting Sebastian's perspective and he's like, huh, like this girl's kind of crazy, but like, also, I don't think I would need a reason to hang out with her. I might want to go anyway. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like this is, this is kind of funny. I like it. Um, but she also is like very clear that it's like nothing but a business deal. So she even like, she brings, I think she brings the compensation. No, she doesn't bring the compensation. She like offers the first half of the compensation, I think, as they're, like, getting to know each other. And then um, the second half when they finish the weekend. But she brings a contract and mm. is like, this is nothing but a business deal. Like, I don't want anything else. I don't want you to think this is anything else. So, like, mm-hmm. this might be, you know, a little out of your comfort zone. But I want you to agree that if you... Like, if anything happens between us, you have to give up, like, your most prized possession, and I have to give up my most prized possession. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I, f- <laughs> I feel like it was a, a little bit overboard, but it was really yes. funny that she made that, like, just so clear. And so he had to agree to give up his camera, and then he talks her into, she was going to agree to give up her laptop, which kind of makes sense. That's, like, her livelihood. She has, like, her books on there, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But he talks her into agreeing to give up her favorite cat. <laughs> oh, I know. It's like, it's funny, like, the conversation, because I think he thinks it's more, like, jokey than it is. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's like, oh, okay, what, you're, like, giving up your cat? And she's like, oh, I ha- I was going to give up my laptop, but okay, okay. And he's but like, you're oh, right. God, that is no. my most prized possession. And yeah, yeah, I know, he was, like, immediately like, this is not gonna I'm like obviously not gonna hold you to giving up your cat (laughs) yeah yeah it's very it is funny because it is kind of like I don't know it seemed like it was supposed to be set up as like the deterrent right of like Mm -hmm. because there has to be like a deterrent to them getting together because that makes it hotter but like it doesn't seem like much of a deterrent to be honest like there definitely is that heart tug of like oh my god the idea of giving up a cat is like so intense but also like you kind of already know like neither of them are going to hold each other to this because they're both so fucking attracted to each other already (laughs) yeah um but yeah it is really sweet like it was a you know kind of once the contract is settled yeah we kind of get like them sort of agree like sebastian does agree to it she hires him gives him some money that seems like a down payment um that he's like oh wow he used he used the term my like later in the book he's like my bank account was already breathing a sigh of relief and i was like well i know that i've been in that situation where you get like a tax refund and you're like oh my god (laughs) i could pay my bills Uh i could pay more than just the minimum on my bills yeah yeah So he has that whole situation going. And then we kind of time jump again because we get a few different, like, we do get him going to her. We get, like, a big scene of him going to her place and, like, meeting all the cats for the first time. Um, Mm -hmm. And we get some more details there. But really, we kind of time jump because they they spend a week together um, or just kind of on and off. Like, she goes to his apartment and meets his roommate, who's obviously the roommate is, like, throwing side eye, being like, what is happening? Yeah, like, he's like, I know exactly what's happening, but, yeah. like, this is out of control and don't know why either of you agreed <laughs> yeah. to this. Yeah, this is the weirdest fucking shit. And, like, can no one else see this? Like, am yeah. I the only one? <laughs> yeah. Like, Sebastian, you all right, bud? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, we do kind of get some scenes like that, but for the most part, we kind of time jump again to as they're traveling together, as they're driving together to in 
B's car, not Sebastian's. He makes a point to point out that they're driving together to her family's place because they're actually staying. It's not only like a birthday. It's like a whole long weekend thing. So it's like a four day Mm -hmm. event. Yeah. Although I will say before we get to the family's house, I did really enjoy his introductions to the to all of her cats in her house because oh, she that's like true, yeah. He comes up like up her driveway. She lives like in the mountains and so she had told him in their first meeting that she had a bunch of roommates. Oh yeah. I forgot he, like, about that. He didn't catch the joke because obviously why would you think that all of her like million roommates are cats? And so he's like driving up to the mountains. He's like, man, how did she get all of these people to like agree to live with her so far away? (laughs) And so he gets there and she like does probably what all of us do with cats in the house. She like, Mm -hmm. you know, cracks the door open and like slides out really quickly and like shuts it behind her. (laughs) Yep. 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 And it's like, okay, I'll let you in. But like just, you know, be cautious and, like, don't freak out and, you know, like, things are gonna happen, but everyone's just gonna have to get used to you. And he was like, wait, what? Yeah, he's, like, so caught off guard, yeah. Yeah, so So she, yeah, so she lets him in and just, like, the, I can just, like, imagine what some person is thinking in a house like this. He, like, walks in and, like, everything's dark and he, like, can feel like presence around him and like <laughs> hears scurrying and like gets uh-huh. hit with like a wall of like dirty litter smell and he's just Ugh. like oh my god uh-huh. what is happening in yeah. this house but yeah to his credit it doesn't scare him away which is pretty impressive no and he even makes a really good like he it's another like point in his favor where he comes in like yeah you get like this elongated scene of like him processing and her being like oh god like someone is judging me in my own home um and he apparently like before you know what's happening he just like starts to run he like dashes like into her house and she's like what is he fucking doing and then she's like oh my god like i think the cat's name is jinx or something like that Mm -hmm. and she's like oh my god it's jinx because apparently one of her cats likes to sleep in a weird way on the back of one of the couches and will just like fall off. And so he sees that happening and runs up and like catches the cat as the cat's about to like fall (laughs) off the back of the couch. And so I think that obviously like endears him to her for sure. Yeah. Um, Spoiler alert, not the only time he saved the cat in this book. (laughs) Oh, what? Okay. You you really need to calm down on reading the book ahead, reading ahead of me. This is like bringing back Harry Potter flashbacks from my childhood. (laughs) I didn't connect the two scenes, but yeah, he's, he's a little cat hero in this book. I didn't even realize. Oh my God. That he had done that. Julia, now I'm just stressed out because the only cat that goes with them to Aspen is Fluff. And Fluff is like, obviously the most prized cat of this entire menagerie. I mean, you don't know that. To be fair, they do leave Aspen early. Uh, he still stuck with the spoilers. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> you're like you're like using another spoiler as a way to get out of your last spoiler. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> No, it's a totally great time. They stay the whole weekend. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Sure. Yep. Correct. 
Oh, God. No drama happens at all. No, no drama whatsoever. I actually am probably, I'm like so into this book for sure, too. I actually probably am going to go and finish it tonight, so. Yeah, you probably should go finish it tonight. <laughs> so, yes, to head off any more spoilers, too. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. No, that's so funny. So, yeah, yeah, he saves Jinx. Um I don't think there's anything else really that happens. It's just right. He just like is clearly like not shaken by this whole experience of her house. And like I did also like um, really quick still in her house. The um, he it switches. So it, as he's like running to catch the cat, it switches perspectives again. And he uh, you get into into his head. And he, I liked what he said um, or he, what he thought, which was um, when he, as he's walking in, B had been like, you know, some of the cats will just sniff you. Some will be around. Some will hide. And as he's, like, looking at all of these cats and, like, trying to count them and can't, he's like, there are so many cats. And she said some of them are hidden. <laughs> like, this is already a lot of cats. And there are also mystery cats here as well. So I did like that. But, yeah, he's not – he's still, like, allured by her. Like, he's still kind of, like, clearly interested in her – all together, mm-hmm. but also, like, her quirkiness and all that. hmm So, then the family shenanigans begin. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, also, before we get into family shenanigans, I would just like to point out how much I appreciated that her, um, her only cat sitter who would come cat sit her for her, like, 50 cats is named Gail. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, um... Like Gail from like uh, Bob's Burgers. Like, yeah, like Aunt Gail. <laughs> like Aunt Gail. <laughs> Who I and imagine this... would be the only person to be willing yes. to come house it for like 50 cats. A hundred percent correct. She would also bring Mr. Business with her. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. <laughs> oh my God, Mr. Business. Um, yes, correct. Oh my God. Great. Um, so yeah, so then they go to Aspen and they have a little bit more of a cram session in the car. And this is actually where B mentions her ex, which she has not mentioned yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does end up being important because spoiler alert, he shows the fuck up to this family event. Another reason why the dad is an asshole. <laughs> oh, this dad's such an asshole. Um, yeah, so she mentions the, uh, the ex almost only because... Sebastian makes, like, a joke about her being a sugar mama, and she gets really defen- like, rightfully defensive. I think defensive sometimes has the wrong con- like, a different connotation. I don't really mean, like, she gets, like- she she basically just gets justifiably, like, hey, don't call me that. I hate that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, oh, god, no, sorry, I- I will not ever call you that again. And- and she kind of goes into the- a little bit of backstory on her ex, um, and she's like, yeah, it was always kind of a thing that, like, people- People like he broke up with me and it was always kind of whispered that he was only with me initially for my money or like at all for my money. Mm-hmm. But I think that was like, I don't think, she, does she give a timeline on that? I mean, it's been like a few years since they broke up, but it turns yeah. out they were actually engaged. It wasn't just like a casual mm-hmm. thing. Um, and so they had dated, they were like kind of high school sweethearts and then like got engaged somewhere in the like or they got serious in college and then got engaged, like, right out of college. So she's, like, what, late 20s now? So I think they, like, as they were engaged, he called it off because he was like, oh, I just have to, like, see what my other options are, which is, like, Ugh, barf. the worst. <laughs> just the worst. Yeah. And without jumping too far ahead, you also get the 
like we do also get the really problematic um uh revelation i suppose a bit later that not only was he like oh i need to like find my other options but he also is like he is rich now too because her dad gave him just apparently a ton of startup money for his real estate business and license and gave him a ton of contacts in Aspen. And so now he's like, he's kind of a douche now, like a real, I mean, maybe he Mm -hmm. always was, but yeah, when we meet him just like a few pages later, he's like seemingly just as rich as any of them. And like way more of, I mean, definitely along her dad's side of like the kind of dark side of, being that rich i suppose which like to me i just was like wow her dad is a huge fucking asshole like not only for inviting him which clearly he like knew that she was bringing a supposed fiance you know Mm -hmm. but also that like it doesn't really say when he gave reed his name is reed um Mm -hmm. all this money but it is kind of like i mean doesn't that kind it's weird it was weird to me that like the, the family clearly made a point to, like, whisper about, like, oh, he was only with her for her money. But, like, then the dad just gave him a bunch of money? Like, doesn't that prove that, like, maybe... I don't know. It all just seemed really shady, and I hate him, and I hate the dad. Yeah. And, no, oh. it's super shady, and they do explain the money situation at the end. Mm. So, again, not giving out any spoilers. How or, like, you? kind of giving out spoilers? <laughs> I don't know. Do you want some spoilers? Not right now, no! <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't give out any spoilers, because this is a big one and, like, plays into kind of the conclusion of the book. Um, Got it. But they do explain the money situation at the end, so look forward to that. Okay. It's shady, and I hated it. <laughs> oh, well, great. I didn't expect it to be anything else, that's for sure. Yeah. So... Yeah, basically that kind of segues us into the family gathering the first time they all meet Sebastian and he meets her family. Um, And it's just like, you know, they walk in, they kind of meet everyone. Aggie, her sister, is there who's 10 years older and is kind of uptight, kind of like, it turns out like she's kind of acting more like a mom. And there was sort of that tension when when their mom died um, that she tried to like kind of step into that role. They meet... My favorite of the siblings, which is Henry and his husband, Rafi, and they seem kind of... Who I think is everyone's favorite of the siblings. Oh, God. I know. How could you... Like, none of the other siblings are, like, noteworthy at all. They're the only ones that are, like, equally as, like, put off by the family as uh, B is. And they're Mm -hmm. clearly, like, the only, like, normal, really loving normal people in this uh... The only well-adjusted people who, at some point in the series, might be in the end... So maybe some spoilers. Yeah, but... <laughs> maybe just the, cool it. The on only what you're about to say <laughs> the only couple of this isn't an actual spoiler. The only couple in the book oh, okay. that actually mention like needing and going to therapy. So you can mm. tell that they're like well-adjusted oh. people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, that yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, so that's interesting um, that they're and like Sebastian even asks it later, like, "Hey, your dad is so traditional. Like, how was it?" you know, your brother coming out, your brother marrying a guy and like, especially like B even mentions like, especially a Latino guy. And like, so, and B is obviously like, yeah, no, it was not fun. My dad is a dick. And she says that her mom was around at that time. And so between her, B and her mom, um, her dad was threatening not to go to their wedding. 
And apparently at the last fucking minute, it was apparently right after their mom died, the wedding. And so her mom and B had been working on him for so long that, and I think probably like when the mom died, he was probably feeling a little more sentimental. So he did end up going to the wedding, but that was apparently a close call, which mm-hmm. hate him. Yeah. Just he's the worst. Hate him. Yes. The worst. Um, anyway. Yeah. So we meet them. Mm-hmm. We meet, uh, Ben, Aggie's husband, mm-hmm. who through a couple different encounters, we get like a little bit of insight into like something's going on, but mm-hmm. we're not quite sure what it definitely hints of like infidelity, divorce, like that kind of, I mean, drama in any world, but like rich world drama too. Um, there's another couple too that is her oldest her oldest brother yeah. Thomas mm-hmm. and his wife Jane both of who are Ooh. incredibly insignificant to the story aside from the fact <laughs> that yes. Jane is Reed's sister yes and we get that like great and terrible moment where like I think it was Sebastian was like oh well like everyone was like giving you shit about Reed wanting to be with you for your money like why was was no one saying that about Jane? And B was like, yeah, because I'm a fucking woman. Like, of course. And he was like, ah, right. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, kind of highlighting the, the patriarchy yet again. And the, you know, ideas of what is acceptable and not mm-hmm. to certain people. But yeah, this, <laughs> this uh, gathering is already tense and not great. Um, because her dad starts grilling Sebastian about, like, why didn't you ask for my permission for her hand in marriage? Um, and being, I mean, just continuing to be a real dick. And then Reed just shows up out of fucking nowhere. Mm-hmm. Hate it. Hate it immediately. We also have some kids in the story thrown in there. They're also pretty insignificant, oh. but they had, like, one moment where they're necessary. So just throwing it out, okay, there are right. kids in the story. <laughs> True. Throughout most of this, they're playing with, because uh, she's brought Fluff again. So Fluff has been let out and the kids are just kind of uh, playing with and roughhousing a bit with Fluff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's three of them. Also, in- oh, the kids, also yes. insignificant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are Ben and Aggie's kids and mm-hmm. Tom- Thomas and Jane's one kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's next? Oh, when Reed shows up, things get obviously even more awkward. There's like a little situation where Sebastian like tries to take initiative and is like, oh, I came up with a nickname for B. I'm going to use it now that Reed's here and really wow everyone. And because her name is Beatrix and it's like Beatrix Potter, like Velveteen Rabbit, he chooses Rabbit and Reed just like loses his goddamn mind. because He's like, oh, that was my nickname yeah. for her, which I fucking hated. And so Sebastian, like, they kind of have a freak out and then they, like, run away and kind of reconvene. Um, but they do come up with a great plan. Yeah. <laughs> after this. Yeah. No, they uh, they have a, a great plan. Did they have? Oh, yeah. They had their little closet moment, which was fun. Oh, yeah. The closet moment. Yeah. yeah so they, they, they uh, after the, the nickname incident, they go and huddle in a closet, which I thought was really funny that they chose to huddle in a closet. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. But they, they did. They went and they were like, okay, gotta regroup, gotta replan, gotta figure this out, gotta like, they're already suspicious. What do we do? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they, they decide to have a little public makeout sesh, which was mm-hmm. 
nice and nice and steamy up against a fridge. <laughs> yeah, which the closet was already pretty steamy because that was like you that was another perspective shift. Like you get her first as being like, "Oh my gosh, we're like really close." And then from his perspective for most of it where he's like, "Wow, I didn't realize how close we had gotten in this closet." And like I almost just like you know, I just want to smell her hair. Like there was a lot of that kind of situation going on. Um, so they were like already kind of primed and then, yeah, they're basically, oh, and then they have the little like physical contract talk, which I thought was really like consent oriented because Sebastian pulls her aside. They basically have come up with this plan. You don't know it yet as the reader. Um, but you do see Sebastian pull her aside and say like, Hey, so like, this is obviously very like, PDA like how far are we talking like physically like I don't want to do anything that you basically don't consent to and so she's like oh thank you yes yes okay and so then she's basically like okay so like any any touching is okay but maybe no kissing and he's like all right all right but he's also like kind of bummed he's like like, damn (laughs) yeah he's like oh all right yeah okay sure um oh and I think she says to like in public versus like alone or something like that so there's that as well. But yeah, they basically like time it so that they are in the kitchen as Aggie and Reed, it turns out as well, waltz into the kitchen and they basically like, they don't kiss because that's like not a part of the the contract or the negotiation they just had. But they definitely like, he definitely like puts his face into her neck and like they're all over each other up against a fridge and really selling it, it seems like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that that definitely, I don't think it like 100% convinces everyone, but it definitely buys them some suspicion time. Because um, mm-hmm. I think, especially when Aggie walks in and, you know, afterwards, Sebastian and Reed kind of like walk off and Aggie was like, wow, you know, to be honest, I'm not sure I, I believed you. I didn't think you were going to bring someone and like, I swear I've never heard the name Sebastian before, but I guess mm. I guess you're really happy. Like, good for you. Yeah, it also kind of buys them some cred back after the whole Reed kerfuffle with like the nickname and all of that. So I think mm-hmm. they had to kind of really pull the stops out, which I think they did. Obviously, with him walking in, he like turns red faced and like, oh, they even have like a little a little shade throwing match where like, I can't remember what Reed says, but like they start talking about someone's oyster. Like there were oysters there. I think Aggie brought and so, like I think Sebastian is like, oh, yeah, they're like an aphrodisiac. And then Beatrix is like, Sebastian wouldn't know he's allergic to shellfish, which you know, obviously is like kind of the double entendre dig of like the dig, I think, implying that he's not as good in bed, but Mm. whether or not that's true, it's very like, Oh, you mean the dig was there. Oh, Reed. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. It was like, "Mm." yeah, no Reed for sure. Reed also makes like a weird, I don't know if that, if it was here or like before Reed also makes like a gross, like, comment of like something something like planting a flag which like also plays kind of like through the whole story but Uh yeah i remember i think that was like one of those comments that was made during sebastian's perspective and he was like man i'm not even dating her i don't know why this is making me so mad (laughs) like this is making me so mad i mean which is kind of a little bit like you don't have to be dating a woman to be like oh, that was a misogynistic, terrible comment. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. guys don't need to be like, well, I planted my flag or whatever. Yeah, I forget what the comment was that he made. But yeah, it was very, like, 
flag planty. Yeah, so I think the the oyster comment was maybe like a comeback to that too. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, what? Oh, the basically the last thing in this section because I think up to chapter twenty is right before they leave for well, right before quote unquote the boys leave to go hunting at the mm-hmm. cabin that's only like thirty minutes away from the house. We do get like one more pretty like cute romantic scene of them. Obviously, they are sharing a room because they are a quote-unquote engaged couple. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they are staying together in Aggie's, like, childhood bedroom, which you get from, like, as they kind of come in to the bedroom at the end of the night. And Sebastian's kind of looking around. He's like, yep, this is Aggie's room. And then it's like, wow, yeah, this is, like, I think they both kind of start being like, wow, we're, like, really into the other person. And... Um, they do a bunch of the kind of the standard jockeying of like, who's going to sleep on the floor and then like, you know, using the bathroom, coming out of the bathroom in pajamas and everyone being like a little, a little, uh, a little hot and bothered by the cat pajamas. (laughs) (laughs) Always a good sign. (laughs) If the cat pajamas do it for you, then like, you should probably just go for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they do have, like, a really cute moment where, like, they both go to turn off the light at the same time, and then they just end up holding hands and, like, doing some, like, cute, like, finger interlocking and, like, thumb rubbing. And then after a few minutes, Sebastian says, so, like, this was a long handhold, um, they finally let go and both are like, well, goodbye to sleeping tonight because (laughs) we're both, like, so, yeah, as you said, hot and bothered. Yeah, I think at that point, Sebastian was also like, goodbye to my camera, because I don't think I can hold it together. (laughs) Yeah, he kind of made a reference back to the flag, and he was like, well, my flag's waving a little bit. Like, that's not great. (laughs) Got to get that under control. (laughs) Yeah, so that's kind of it. So, like, I think it was the pre... Maybe it was in in the morning or the previous day that the plan had been made that Sebastian would go with... B's dad and brothers, except Henry, because Henry has long since been like, oh, fuck hunting. Like, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sebastian has been wrangled into going. and uh, But he does decide to, he's like, no, I don't hunt, but I will come with my camera and I'll go shooting in a different way. So that's kind of nice. But so the next morning, I think that's the end of chapter, I think the chapter 20 starts with them leaving for... Yeah. The cabin. Yeah. The only other thing that we have in this section is, um, I think the the last scene in the last chapter is um, Aggie comes to be and is like, "Hey, I have something to show you. Like, come here." Oh, so yeah. They go into a room that's kind of been like, it seems like kind of a forgotten room, like kind of a walled off, like after their mom passed away, their dad just kind of like shoved everything that had to do with their mom into one room and was like, no one go in here anymore. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Aggie pulls B into the room and it's like pretty clear that she had like cleaned up and like organized everything. And then she pulls out these really sweet scrapbooks that she yeah. made for her dad um, that because it's his 80th birthday, she made eight of them and like they were all like progressed through his life. So it was like the first was like his first 10 years as like a child and then kind of like as he, you know, grew up and then the last ones, of course, were like with the family and the mom all together. 
And so we get, you know, like that really sweet scene and also just kind of like a little bit of a, I guess, insight into their relationship with their dad, because it sounds like he's just kind of never, never been very warm or like, kind of doesn't seem like he wanted kids ever. (laughs) Like, to be honest, it just kind of seemed like he like didn't ever want to be a part of a family, like um mm-hmm. it seemed like he never really interacted with them very much growing up but it was very clear that like Aggie always kind of wanted his uh attention and approval and so you know at the end of the scene she was kind of like yeah I really hope he likes it and B was like oh my god he's definitely not gonna care about this but I really hope yeah. he likes it too <laughs> yeah yeah and I think that's the same scene where like she B gets kind of lost in a memory like one of the photos she opens to is a picture of Christmas Day from when she was like six or something and it's like this really sad but kind of sweet like moment that she remembers which is her her brother one of her brothers i think henry and her mom or maybe it was all no it must have been all of them never mind i think it was all the kids her mom and her dad was out of town because that's like i think one of the big things is that he's you know such an executive or whatever that he was always traveling and um I think it was either Christmas Eve or actual Christmas that like they were waiting for him. They had decorated everything, rich people problems. Uh, There was kind of a moment where B was like, yeah, all of our friends had had like, you know, professional decorators come do it. But like, like their mom always did it by hand with them as like a bonding thing. And um, their dad was still out of town. And so they had like waited up for him and they're all watching Christmas movies and they're having the best time. And like, But, like, specifically to wait for him and to show him, like, all of their work. They're, like, decorating. And apparently he got home and, like, did not fucking care. Like, he just was like, hi, good to see you. And then, like, immediately went to bed. And they were like... I think she even said he he came home, like, just smelling like booze and, like, didn't even, like, look at them. Just kind of, like, said hi to the mom and went upstairs. So tragic. It's just so sad. So yeah, that was another really sad uh, little little bit there. But yeah, sorry to leave. I feel like there should be something like more positive and romancy that we should leave the cliffhanger on. But yeah, I think that's kind of it. Like, I think yeah. basically like the hand holding thing was like so hand holding is where like, we wanted to leave off, but then yeah. we had another chapter. <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can leave us off with some more spoilers if you want some... Uh, <laughs> Absolutely not. ...cues into what's gonna happen. No! No. No, you keep your mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But it was kind of, like, kind of obvious. Like, it made sense that, like, the hand-holding thing was, like, borderline breach of contract for them like that was like pretty far in terms of like they're not supposed to be having like physical interactions outside of like like when they're in private basically yeah but also like he touched her hand so sue him (laughs) well no that's what i'm saying i'm saying like that that is such a like small thing but like because the contract is so harsh it's like oh even that yeah the contract is very harsh and i will say like i'm I got very into this book and was like, oh my god, so steamy. But that, like, truly is the steamiest thing that happens in this book. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. It, like, does such a good job, you're right, of, like, 
it is so PG that like those little moments they do the author does do a good job of like building it up to be like mm-hmm. oh this is what I'm getting this is it <laughs> oh man I keep thinking because like basically they had after that you're right the hand holding was so steamy that like they had to take Sebastian away for like to go <laughs> hunting for a day or two like and that's they like, had exactly to separate what... them. I think that's exactly, like, the line that B has in one of her monologues. She's like, yeah, I'm kind of mm. glad he's leaving today. Like, damn. <laughs> we need some distance. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely remember that, too. But, yeah, we'll see. Guys, this was, like, kind of fun to switch to, I have to admit. A little, little romancy, uh, yeah, romancy kitty. Sure beats kitty. the hell out of Quillerin and Polly never oh. getting together. <laughs> oh, my God. We could do an entire podcast just, like... The comparing and contrasting bitching like, about Quillerin and his love life uh-huh. <laughs> yes yes exactly <laughs> yeah uh, well thank you guys for listening that's our um, little first foray into the romance kitty genre and uh, yeah we'll be back with the, the second half so we're only doing this one in two parts just because it was a, a pretty quick and as you can tell obsessive read for us <laughs> yeah no for sure I read this in like one sitting so if you want to also read it in one sitting I believe in you you can <laughs> <laughs> yeah and this is one of the ones that like I know for the most part our tagline is like we read these so you don't have to but like this one I would actually recommend this like if you wanted to read this one um in terms of like it it is like really fun to get lost in a book in those ways and i feel like i don't always get lost in cat who books but like this Mm -hmm. one i really was like Paige turner give me more handholding yeah no for sure i feel like this is one of the i mean i think there have been other books that we've read where i've like gotten into it but yeah no this is definitely the first one that i'm like no i am going to stay up until 3 a.m and finish this (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I am going to cut us off here because I cannot take any more spoilers from you. <laughs> I'm going to finish this damn book tonight. Go the next time it. we speak, we will. I will have all the knowledge that you have. <laughs> it's Harry Potter all over again. <laughs> it's Harry Potter all over again. Oh, whoops. I just want to talk about it, okay? Oh my god, you're just such a faster reader than me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I also get obsessively into books. I know I say I don't read books very often. And it's because I, like, very rarely get into books. But when I do, Mm. I read them in one sitting. Even Harry Potter, it was like, I read it in one sitting. And it would be, like, 24 hours of continuous reading. But I got it all done in one. Without a bookmark. And I think that's why I just don't read books very often because it's like, I either don't, like, I either don't have the motivation to read it or it takes up all of my existence. (laughs) You're like, so you're actually too obsessed with books, which is why you have a hatred (laughs) for books. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, on that note, thank you guys for tuning in. We will be back with the second half of this uh, obsessive book for us. Mm-hmm, and in the meantime, mm-hmm. pet all of your menagerie of animals for us. Yeah. Your your kitties and your tortoises. Oh my god, I really want to pet that tortoise. Yeah. Oh. Give, a little, give a little nose boop to that tortoise. A little, yeah, a little nose boop, a little shell pat. Yeah. Oh. All right. Bye. Bye.